Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Yes, Andy is back. Pau Gasol is in the Hall of Fame. And Austin Reeves is making waves internationally. Plenty to talk about. We'll do it next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always going to be free, never behind a paywall. Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show and hang out with over 20,000 subscribers, Andy, at least one of whom still hasn't figured out the difference between you and me because in the comments section for Friday's show with uh, Darian Vaziri, the, of course, the host of Locked On Clippers and the Dime Dropper Pod, uh, for which I got a lot of flack because there was... Uh, some Clippers talk and previewing on it, so I spared you that anger, Andy. There was somebody who left in the comments section with like six exclamation points. Bring back BK. So <laughs> welcome back, Andy. Um, it's good to be back. I mean, I, I, our names are on the thing. I mean, it's you can you can follow along. But uh, well, this anyway, person was probably too blinded with rage to le- read the name tags. People do not like when we talk. Any kind of Clipper stuff. I am of the opinion, Andy. Like, look, they're a significant member of the Western Conference and the Pacific Division, and all. Like, the Clippers are relevant to the Lakers' conversation, but that is neither here nor there. Uh, we're back with Andy Kamenetsky this week. We'll get to Austin Reeves, who is having a really nice uh, ramp up to the World Cup tournament, to the surprise of certainly nobody who hosts this show. Um, but let's start with Pau Gasol, Andy, who entered the Hall of Fame this weekend. Um, obviously a great moment for the Lakers one tinged with a little bit of sadness, obviously, because, uh, Kobe Bryant certainly would have been there, uh, likely in, in inducting him. Um, I don't think and- there's any question that Kobe would have been the one inducting Powell. And there's no question to me that Kobe would, wouldn't have been the one that Powell wanted yeah. to induct him. So, I mean, that, that, that adds context to the evening, but it was still, you know, just, a uh, I thought a great night and a great speech and and really just everything about it summed up why we love Gasol so much yeah i mean beyond just the reminder of you know the era that he played with with kobe and we've talked about before that in a lot of ways pow is now the you know the ambassador of kobe's memories in a lot of ways you know just him being the best player of that championship era that, you know, the second half of Kobe's career and also to the way he's really taken it upon himself to be a part of Vanessa Bryant and the girls, their, their life moving forward, you know, being their uncle and their caretaker, you know, it's, it's a reminder of just what an incredible person pow is, you know, I mean, beyond the player and, you know, being, being a great human being is not what got pow into the hall of fame. It's what got, you know, his, skills on the court and you know just the influence he had coming over from spain but if there was such a thing as hall of fame for incredible people how <laughs> is also a first ballot hall of famer there as well he really is i mean if you if you are you know for whatever media opinion is worth if you are uh, able to willing to poll people who were around the team connected to it whether covering it on a daily basis like we have been uh, we were at that time, or you know, whatever it is, 
you know, team staff, anybody, anybody who came in contact with Pow, um, says that. Like, there are very few people in the world who are like universally popular. Yeah, and, and what's really telling about it and how you know that it's real is these are the same things people say about Pow when when he's not around. You know, behind his back, so to speak. You know, not in a, not in a bad way, but I'm just saying right. when he's not there. Because, you know, I, I, I don't want to get in specifically the, the who, but there are players that have really good public personas, you know, across sports, you know, and, and in the NBA or whatever, that if you talk to people behind the scenes, they'll say, you know, he, he's not a bad guy per se, but, but it's not what you think. Yeah, he ain't everything that you think. And, there, and there's a few guys who have really good reputations, a few women that have really good reputations. They'll be like, no, that's all straight fake. Like, that is not what this person is like at all. Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about Powell ever. Like, and ever. You look and... As a person. Yeah, tributes to Powell, like little, like, people who covered him, people around him, photographers, TV, like people who are around the arena, like all these little things that you've seen from social media. Like everyone's got there. like, and again, those are the people that you do not need to, like when you are Pau Gasol, all-star player for the Los Angeles Lakers, future Hall of Famer, like you don't need to be super nice to every usher, every person who works in the tunnel, the guy who stands outside the locker room. But like all of those people, like the you know, little pictures of the people who work in the photography room, I, I mean, I've, we've told a lot of the stories um, about, you know, individual moments with Pow. You know, I, I've told one multiple times about um, you know, a reporter who worked in the locker room in, in a wheelchair, um, you know, frequent person who is, uh, you know, a member of the regular press corps. And, you know, a time where Pow saw her right next to his seat after a game never sat down for interviews because that is the one thing that the one life advantage other than basketball being seven feet tall is when everyone's got a microphone shoved in your, in your face, you can stand high enough that it's not literally, he saw her there, didn't say anything, didn't do it, but he sat down. So she, you know, little considerations like that. And I actually asked him about it afterwards and he just, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, this is just what you do. It's a human consideration. He really is one of the great human beings that you know you and i have ever been around you know forget just covering just being around period but again should be noted that is not why he got into the hall of no. fame he got oh, into the, the hall <laughs> because he's an incredible player and you know I've, I've said many many times that if you'd put together a bunch of basketball scientists and said create the perfect running mate for kobe bryant it would have been Pau gasol just everything in terms of skill sets that complement Kobe's, the talent, the basketball intelligence, the he had a, just enough ego to demand high, you know, high performance from himself, but just little enough to put his ego to the side to be the second to Kobe and to take some of the things that came with being Kobe's teammate which by Kobe's own admission, not always pleasant. It's not easy being Kobe's teammate. Kobe did not care that it wasn't easy Mm -hmm. being his teammate. That was often the point. It won't be easy. 
And, you know, there were, there were a lot of things that Kobe said, you know, in the media, publicly prodding pow, trying to get the best out of him. You know, most people remember, you know, the black swan, white swan thing, you know, putting on your big boy pants. Didn't like either one of them. No, no. And I, I, this is not speculation on your, my part. We both know he He did did not like that. (laughs) I can say this with 100% confidence. Pow knew he was good enough that he had a right to be bothered by it mm-hmm. if he had wanted to. But he recognized what he got from Kobe. And I think he also recognized, too, what he brought to Kobe. And that Kobe, for all of the mominess and all the steely way that he conducted everything, Kobe knew what he had in Pow. And like mm-hmm. Kobe knew he had a damn good thing in Pow. Kobe made Pow a better player. There's no question. But in a lot of ways, Kobe, Pow made Kobe a better player. Like he made him a yeah. He made he made him a better player in the sense that, without having to feel like you have to do everything, because when you have a guy like Pow alongside you, it makes a lot of things easier. Can bring the best out of yourself in a player. But Pow helped Kobe become a better teammate. He helped Kobe become a better leader. I yeah. think the a lot of humanity that Kobe witnessed with Pow brought out the best in Kobe because you and I covered Kobe and we were around him on a daily basis, pre-POW and post-POW. And I can tell you the post-POW version of Kobe, which I think to be fair, he was developing, starting to develop into anyway. Right. And he got old, he got older. He wasn't in the lineup as much. The games became less. No, no, but I'm I'm not even talking about I'm I'm, I'm talking pre-Achilles, just POW's Mm -hmm. arrival up to Achilles tear. Kobe was evolving into, I think, a better leader and a better teammate anyway. You know, that that season that Powell eventually arrived, which Kobe was surprisingly happy with, you started seeing that evolution. Mm-hmm. But I think it was definitely sped up in a lot of ways for having Powell there. Yeah, and just broadly, I mean, Powell is a, a guy who I think serves as a really a, a bridge from like to where modern, not just bigs, but sort of modern players are. You know, the, the multifaceted, um, ability to do many things. I think Pau came up in the game today. He would probably be a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter. Like he would just like that would be part it, of the game. Guy that Mike D'Antoni asked him to be, and Pau just didn't want to do. It refused. He was he was still <laughs> of another era. Um, I do want to make one more little thing I wanted to mention about Pau, but uh, we all know like the next Lakers Hall of Famers. It's going to be Anthony Davis. It's going to be LeBron James. Um, but there there is an interesting thing that most other franchises deal with in terms of like team honoraries, um, which is sort of like whether you call it the ring of honor, or the normal Jersey retirement process or whatever. Um, it, it, every time something like this happens, a player gets into the hall of fame. There's always a question who's next, but also like if the Lakers were just like a normal franchise, retired numbers, like everyone else, who would they do? Who would go in a ring of honor? Uh, so we'll kick that around. We'll get to Austin Reeves. We'll do all of it next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and football season is about to kick off. FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now if you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you will get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads and player props, over-unders, all sorts of stuff. If there are Raider fans listening right now, they are currently 75 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, which feels optimistic. <laughs> They're also 17 to 1 to win the AFC West, which 
also feels optimistic. In the meantime, the Chiefs are getting 6-1 to one odds to repeat as champs again. All 32 teams give you these possibilities with the bonus bets. So visit Fan, except maybe the Raiders. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. So before we get to this this Ring of Honor concept um, and, and Austin Reeves, I you said something about Kobe and Powell, like the that that Powell has sort of taken the mantle of being sort of that that kind of most public representative, somebody who kind of talks about that legacy and that relationship and 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 all of those things. And that is, you know, it makes sense because he is a Hall of Famer. He was the obviously the, the number two on that team. He, they were very good friends. But also Vanessa Bryant is not a, a public figure in that way. She's not somebody you see talking to media a lot, almost never. Um, and she wasn't a Laker, too. Right. And she wasn't, but I mean, like in terms of somebody who publicly, you know, talks about the legacy of Kobe Bryant a lot. Right. She doesn't do that. In right. terms I, of the, other players, and it's not a criticism. She's not a no. she's not a public figure. That's that's my point. Is yeah. Vanessa talking about this? She can talk about the legacy of Kobe Bryant, the human being, the father, the husband, sure. all, all of that. It would be honestly kind of strange if Vanessa was talking a lot the way Pow does about those days of Kobe as a player. Sure, I think but Powell I mean, Pau talks about all of it, is my point. Right. And But you look at, at other guys, you know, I mean, there's Derek Fisher, um, but, you know, the next sort of other, like, sort of beloved Laker, and we'll talk about maybe with this sort of ring of honor concept, is Lamar Odom. And Lamar is not in the public eye in in, in the same, for, for reasons that people understand and people know. Like, Powell really is the person who is best suited for that job. But that job is one that takes attention away, can take a little bit of shine, I think, away from Powell. Um, and I, I, it says something about Like in him. terms of standalone accomplishments. Right, exactly. It, it, it says something to me about the person that he so willingly embraces that role when that role is something that deflects from what he did and and his own like you say accomplishments as a as a basketball player and so i it's a, it's a point that i think to kind of combine the two things about their relationship and and just the kind of person he is i think is noteworthy and i don't think i think maybe other players might do it because they understand like the pr of it all pow does it i think without any sense of resentment and i think he does it with honor um and he feels honored by that that obligation and the importance of of talking about kobe in that way and being a person who can be out front and relay messages and and but also be present for kobe's family and 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 and, and things like that so i just just something i wanted to mention um we'll get to austin reeves here in a second we get this this sort of email all the time about like why not a ring of honor for the Lakers? Cause that's the next thing. Like for, um, you know, what would like the Lakers retired jerseys? Okay, fine. It's going to be LeBron and AD, but who else is next? I always love kicking around this thing because the Lakers don't do it because they have so many hall of famers. If you started retiring other jerseys, everybody would be wearing like 83, 72. <laughs> they look like offensive linemen and wide receivers, but it's a fun idea to think about. 
Yeah, it, it's interesting. You and I actually, when we we worked for the Athletic for a few seasons, co- uh, covering the team, and we actually wrote a piece about this, just the idea of if there was a Ring of Honor, who would actually make the cut? Because for the Lakers, even making a Ring of Honor is difficult to do because you know the the B plus level player for the Lakers. Like if you're that guy you're pretty much the A minus or maybe even the A for a lot of other teams, or you're somebody that has a sentimental connection to a franchise that could get your number retired the way, you know, it's, it's not an apples to apples comparison, but the way like a Udonis Haslam is going to have his number retired by the heat, or I believe right. Nick Collison had his by the Sonic slash thunder. You know what I mean? Like people who've been, you know, lifers with an organization long time. there, people who meant a lot to the culture that sort of thing. And we wrote a piece about this and it was like a, we wrote it out like a debate between ourselves and we made pros and cons cases for all these different players mentioned. I'm going to give you the names of the people that we both agreed upon would definitely be in. And we are both, by the way, free to second guess ourselves. We wrote this piece Three like, years ago, I was going to say three or four years ago. Right, so we can we have we can reserve the right to change our minds. Then there are the people that we were split on, and then there were the people that we decided ultimately no. I'm going to start with the yeses, then the noes, then the splits, and we can talk about them as we will. These are the people that we decided were we both said are in mm-hmm. for a Lakers Ring of Honor. Michael Cooper. No brainer, Byron he's, he's Scott, a fringy Hall of Famer, right? Exactly, very fringy in my opinion, but still fringy, right? Byron Scott, another no brainer. He's obviously in. Uh, Derek Fisher, Norm Nixon, who better Laker than I think a lot of people realize, and was you know was a champion with the team, and he deserves <laughs> he deserves something for his trouble when he got traded to the Clippers as a part as opposed to being a part of all of Showtime. Mm-hmm. Like. like Let's give the man, the man something. <laughs> yeah, but he was part of two championships. And if you look at his numbers, his numbers in the playoffs were actually better than they were in the regular season. Norman was Nixon really good. was really good. Yeah. It's only because yeah. he was replaced by Magic freaking Johnson that people don't exactly. really remember that. <laughs> yeah, he was quite good. Uh, Lamar Odom would be in the Ring of Honor. A.C. Green would be in the Ring of Honor. Mitch Kupchak, we both decided at the time when you take into account what he meant to the front office building championship teams on top of being a part of a couple championship teams would would make the Ring of Honor. Do you still yeah, feel the same way? I do. And then Happy Hairston, uh, we both thought would be in. I mean, that's Here's like when you start to break it down. Like I mean, neither one of us saw Happy Hairston play, but no. it's a matter of like when you start to you know you break down where he ranks on all time lists for the Lakers and stuff like that. He's really high in a lot yeah. of categories. Yes, yeah. So we decided he'd be in. Here were the people that we kicked around and ultimately decided no: Eldon Campbell, Glenn Rice, our man, Meta World Peace, love him. He was not a Laker long enough to make it in. Uh, Nick Van Exel. Vladi Divac, the only Hall of Famer that will not have his Laker jersey retired, um, nor will he end up uh, in a ring of honor. Kurt Rambis. Those were yeah. all no's. Getting clotheslined by uh, Kevin McHale being super popular does not get you in the ring of honor. Um, Here are the plus, ones. Plus, you know, the front office contribution. <laughs> yeah, it ain't helping. It is not. The whole Rambi era is not helping Kurt Rambis' no. case. Here are the guys, Brian. Okay, yeah, go ahead. 
that we were split on. There were three. Rick Fox, Robert Ory, Eddie Jones. I was a yes on all three. You were a no. Yeah, you basically, three. to be fair to me, you put like everybody in the ring of honor. No, I I said no on all the people that we said no to. Right. right. Yeah, but those most of those I think are pretty. But like, yeah, we these are these are interesting debates because this kind of gets to like what something like this would be for. Um and we all had, like we all had, we had different reasons at the time, and uh, we, especially I think the guy who I think most people would be like really is Ori. Um, but let's so let's let's talk about that um, next. Before we do though, I do want to remind people that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon today to get started. So, uh, Ring of Honor debates and. Uh, uh, Austin Reeves. That's next. Um, one of the uh, guys that we both, well, that I voted yes for and you voted no for, um, I was mostly just throwing darts and trying to include more guys from an era as Rudy LaRusso. Um, you noted that Rudy LaRusso's nicknames included Deuce, the Ivy Leaguer with muscles, Honey Boy, Musty, Brutus, and Roughhouse Rudy, which just goes to show it was a very different time. <laughs> Those were his nicknames according to basketball reference. According to I, basketball reference. I can't speak be. to it. His career ended before we were both born. And <laughs> I I can't put somebody into the Hall of Fame that I or the Ring of Honor that I to be perfectly honest, I don't know who they are. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I, but like I just I love the honey boy. Mm-hmm. Musty, like old musty. <laughs> like I, anyway, I just I love nicknames from the, like my favorite thing to do is go to baseball reference and look at the nicknames of the guys from like the aughts. Those are fantastic. Uh, but let's debate. Like you said, yes. Honey Boy Ori. sounds like an adult star <laughs> stage name. Well, Andy, so to be perfectly honest, so does Rudy LaRusso. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. if you came across an adult film star named Rudy LaRusso, would that surprise you in the slightest? No. No, it wouldn't. Um, here's what I said about Ori. When uh, I said no, let me just scroll back down. I moved the cursor here. So you get to Robert Ory, and I, you know, of course, he is beloved by everyone. Um, and he does, you know, still does broadcasts for the team and all that kind of stuff. I wrote this in seven seasons with the team, he averaged 6.3 points that jumped to 7.2 in the playoffs. But none of that is why Ori might be included. He was central in huge moments, none bigger than his game winner against the Kings in game four of the 2002 Western Conference Finals. Still, the line, even for something less lofty than a Hall of Fame, has to be drawn somewhere. So, at the risk of doing something very unpopular, and it was, I'm saying no. And I still think that's actually kind of reasonable. If you want to put him in there, I don't care. But he wasn't like super prolific other than kind of those playoff moments. But the flip side is those were pretty <laughs> Other pretty than important. the three championships that he was a critical part of, really, what did he do? No, but like, you know, in terms <laughs> I mean, of like, you you talk, and I'm going to look up again his playoff numbers because I could probably be talked off at this point. I, his playoff numbers aren't going to jump off the page, but he hit critical shots. He hit That's true. a lot of big shots over three championship playoff runs. They don't win some of those championships without him being true. there. And he's a part of the history. 
part of the ring of honor to me, which is in a lot of ways the same argument for Rick Fox, whose numbers I think were a little bit more prolific than Ori's. But when you take into account the moments that involved Rick Fox, his leadership, you know, Rick, Rick Fox was a captain of those championship teams. It's the same reason that I think Fox would be in the, in the ring of honor. Mm-hmm. He was too important to one of the most indelible periods in franchise history, arguably the greatest franchise, forget in the NBA, because it is, it's one of the most successful franchises in professional sports. And these are two guys who were indelible parts of it. So to me, that would get you into a ring of honor. That's fair enough. And like I said, I, I'm not I'm not going to the mattresses over this. The one that I do think is really interesting, you you put in Eddie Jones. Yes. And your argument at the risk of uh, distilling it down too much is that everyone loved Eddie Jones. Like Eddie Jones was wildly popular with yes, Lakers he fans. He remained still is still no, right. no, not was still I, is. I, I he know was Laker fans is now incredibly popular. I know Laker fans who are still pissed off that the team traded him. Yeah, I was surprised when I remember looking back. I thought he was here longer. He wasn't. Um, it was only four seasons. And, um, you know, obviously they didn't win anything in those seasons while he was here. So I was a no on Eddie Jones. Um, you, you, are you still a yes just here's because what I, of the popularity? And he was a really good player. There's here's no what I wrote His departure opened the door for Kobe to become the greatest two guard in franchise history, making it easy to forget just how good Jones was in purple and gold. Two, stall, two all-star appearances plus another pair of all-defensive team nods. Kobe's emergence made it easy to forget Jones's massive popularity. Fans loved him. They still do. Frankly, denying Jones's entry might jeopardize my safety as a semi-public Angelino. But, I mean, he, he was incredibly loved. And he also... He, he's the face, I think, of a period for the Lakers where they didn't win a lot and, you know, they missed the playoffs in that, you know, early to mid-90s period. But they were also – they've become kind of a fan favorite era. Like, they've become an era that fans look back on with, I think, more love and appreciation and fondness than at times they felt in the moment. And also, too, I think for a lot of Laker fans, they feel like Eddie Jones should – have been a part of uh-huh. the championships that Kobe and Shaq eventually won together. Plus, Eddie Jones turned into Glenn Rice, and Laker fans hated Glenn Rice. Even though Glenn Rice was yeah. a part of the 2000 championship season, they really uh-huh. disliked Glenn Rice. The only person who may have disliked Glenn Rice more than fans was Phil Jackson. That's right. Who really didn't like him? Uh, so no ring of honor for 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 Glenn Rice if Phil gets a vote. Um, but the it's interesting that you say like people kind of have changed the way they look at those teams, and I think you're right um, because and I think the reason is this: a there was like Nick Van Exel was a really entertaining player. Like, yeah, was a, he was a fun player. Eddie Jones was really good. Had a really good career. Was a good Laker. Vladdy like, was really – it's easy yes. to forget how good Vladdy was because he became Kobe, and that trade in retrospect feels so incredibly lopsided. Vladdy was really good. That's excellent. Excellent <laughs> player. really good. Um, I think what changed people's minds there 
those teams were derided, Andy, as those lousy Lakers teams. Those teams sucked. Those teams didn't win anything. They weren't worthy of the uniform. I think the last, I don't know, 12 years, 10, 12 years of Lakers basketball has taught us something. Those teams weren't actually that bad. Like, they're not worthy of respect by Lakers standards, if you are only doing the count the rings thing, like we only play for titles, everything else is a waste of our time. You want to, I can point you some really wretched Lakers basketball teams where seasons where we would have all killed to be watching Eddie Jones and Vladi Divac and Nick Van Exel run up and down the floor and been frustrated by Eldon Campbell and all these other things. Like that would have been, that would have been delightful. The, the Lakers teams with Eddie Jones just didn't win titles. Let, you know, so I think that actually did perform a little bit of rehab on the way we look at those guys and, and those squads. Uh, I, I'm, I'm obviously making jokes, but I'm not kidding when I say it does have fans kind of look back differently. It, it might a little bit. Just in, it, You come to realize that even the Lakers are not immune to periods to like – low periods by any franchise standards. Like just, you know, that's even the Lakers can realize how the other half lives. Plus, as I said, cannot be overstated just how popular Eddie Jones was. Like, even if there was no affection for that era in retrospect, you know, for Nick, for whoever, they loved Eddie Jones. They never stopped loving him. And um, so, yeah, good players um, that, you know, I could, I could certainly like for a lot of franchises, some of these guys. But the Lakers have a high threshold, even just to make their fictional Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is not easy. You know, somebody like Meta World Peace, I think, is a. I think we both had him well below the bar um, when you sort of look at impact. Once you get past the the title year in the playoffs, um, let's 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 we'll we'll save Austin Reeves for Tuesday. Um, he had another really nice game for Team USA in the World Cup against Spain on Sunday. Um, he is having a really nice tournament to the surprise of certainly nobody who watched him last season. Um, but it is, I think, saying something about kind of where he's going to be uh, around the league this year, what that contract is going to look like in a couple years. That's going to be really good news for the Lakers. Um, and so we'll get to all of that on Tuesday. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to hang out and see the show. Over 20,000 subscribers. Andy's back. Leave us questions. Leave us comments. Let us know who else you might want to see on the show before the end of the summer um, when things start to pick up around the league. Uh, and we will be back on Tuesday.